Welcome back to this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. On this episode, Sam, Nicole, and I are going to talk all about macros. You may have heard the word and thought, what on earth is that? What do I need to know about it? Why is it even important? We're going to answer those questions for you today. We're going to talk all about calories, fats, carbs, protein, and what you need to know to help you reach your goals. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. My name is Nicole Garrett. I'm here with Kim Schlag and Sam Altieri. And today we are going to talk about macros, calories, protein, fat, carbs, you name it. We are going to talk about it and help you get on track for the new year. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hello. How are you? Oh, so good. Doing well. Yeah. yeah. Sam, how was Costa Rica? Costa Rica was wonderful. I wish I could have brought that weather back. It was toasty. It was like 95 there. Oh, that's awesome. I'm jealous. Yeah. Well, I lived through you watching your stories. <laughs> I know. I was like, I was going through them again. Like, oh, man. I had it so good. I had no idea. <laughs> that looked amazing. Yeah, it was a good time, though. How was your each of your New Year's? Good. I mean, kids. Yeah. You say different? No, kid filled. Just oh, lots kid of filled. Kid stuff. Skiing. Lots of kids and skiing and teaching them how to ski and that's oh, fun. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Cam? So um, my big New Year's plan was to sit in my pajamas and eat cheese. And <laughs> and it was slightly foiled because my husband and my best friend wanted us to do a little bit more than that. So How rude. I ended up going out to dinner. <laughs> I know, right? So we went out to dinner, but then I did go back to my best friend's house and put comfy clothes on and eat cheese. So, oh, so there you go. <laughs> so, you know, no pajamas, but otherwise it was good. What Have kind you- of cheese? So my husband likes fancy cheese. So we bought like a whole bunch of different kinds, like Manchego and Petite Boss. And I, I tried some new kind. I don't even know what it was. And just really good Gouda is amazing too with apple. Oh. Ooh, that does sound good. So, Have you yeah. seen that meme on Instagram? Like the week before, between Christmas and New Year's, it's like someone was happy before Christmas. And then the week, right after Christmas, they're like, confused don't know what day of the week is and full of cheese and i was like, <laughs> i did not i did not see that no, it's accurate it amazing because i had just been saying to someone why am i eating so much cheese this week and i literally had no idea what day of the week it was at all <laughs> that is so funny. Cheese fog. Yeah. and i was like this is me because i don't even eat a lot of cheese and i was like why am i eating so much cheese <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious that's hilarious so, today when we talk we should talk totally about the macronutrient yeah yeah <laughs> all right so it's so amazing we, we're gonna talk macros because i don't know about you guys but um i get questions about this all the time i do macros monday um on instagram so people can email me to get their macros for free um but for you guys like how for your clients like how important is it for them to be tracking macros? Do you always have them tracking right from the start or do you start them off in other ways? Ooh, good question. <laughs> well, I think it depends on the client exactly um, what I have them track. I don't ever have anybody track their carbs and fat. Usually I have people track their calories and protein, but not everybody. Some people don't want to track. And so we do other ways of still controlling their calories. Um, and getting their protein up, but I don't always have them. Stuck. 
yeah, I would say the same same goes for me. I guess it also depends on <clears throat> usually depends on the client like experience level, like if they even know what a macro is. A lot of clients are like, "What is that scary word?" and they're not really sure like what yeah. a, what a macro is. And so maybe that's something that like I start I um I talk with them about first is like, you know, there's there's three macronutrients, protein, fats, and carbs. And, you know, it's optimal to get a certain amount of each of them. And so we'll kind of like talk about that. And if they have experience tracking calories and they don't mind it and they want to do it, then we'll do it. Otherwise, I actually have leaned more towards um, like habit-based eating where you're just using like plates and portions with your hand um, and like some um, hunger cues and stuff like that so that if my fitness pal breaks one day, they will know how to eat and <laughs> they won't go crazy. <laughs> it did go down yeah, one day. Yeah, I got a bunch of messages. It was funny. The I got a world went nuts. Yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> none of these calories from my donut count, so. <laughs> Get them all in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, so I'm going to kind of veer off for a little bit. Speaking of my fitness pal, do you guys like it? Because I personally – tell my cl- a lot of clients to get rid of it, um, my one-on-one clients, because I feel like until they actually learn the macros and how to weigh food and, like, eye portions, that they have no idea that a lot of times they're not figuring it out for themselves. They're just searching the database for something that sounds like what they ate. And if they don't have any idea about macros whatsoever, they're probably getting something completely different than what they ate. Do you guys find that? Um. Different than how I do it, but quite frankly, I like hearing how how different people approach things like this. No, I actually kind of do it backwards um, from how you just said. I really like people to track it first because I think it provides a really good education as to like how many calories because people message me all the time after they start tracking. They're like, you're never going to believe how many calories is in, you know, and they name some random food because they just didn't know. Yeah. And so I like them seeing this is how many calories is in a small apple or this is how many calories. And I do agree that it is important to learn, like not just pick something that's close, but yeah. to really learn to log accurately. Right. Yeah. And that's definitely something I talk about with my clients, not just picking random foods, you know, and sometimes if you're eating out at a restaurant and you can't find exactly the thing, sure. You just kind of pick and you know, the idea of not being super rigid and having to get exactly right is important too, but trying as much as possible to record what you eat. So yeah, that's, that's how I usually approach it. Yeah, I'm the same way. I think um, being as like diligent as possible, just because it's really easy, I think, to fall into like almost like marketing traps where people will assume, myself included, like, oh, peanut butter is a source of protein. And then they log it and they're like, what the hell? That is not what it is, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's a source of fat. Yeah, just because it says high in protein on the container, like high compared Mm -hmm. to what, you know? like. Yeah. Um, So I definitely will have them, if they've never tracked before, I'll typically suggest that they do only for their own benefit, you know, just just as a learning tool. And you don't have to do it forever, but I think it's a useful tool to just get some honesty in your life when it comes down to portions and um, how many calories are actually in things. Yeah. Well, that, but that's my issue is that I'll have clients who like pick something out of my fitness pal that sounds like what they ate and then they'll send me a picture and I'm like, the macros that you found, I'll completely not. Or oh, they'll, I see. they'll pick lower portions than what they actually ate 
um, they'll pick the lower portion on my fitness pal. So they haven't actually like just picking things in my fitness pal isn't actually learning. If they're not weighing yet, they're not weighing their food and they're not looking at nutrition labels themselves and they're just picking things that sound right in my fitness pal. I found that that's a huge reason why they, they're not losing weight, even though they thought they were in a calorie deficit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The weighing piece is, is huge. Um, you know, people don't often realize what a portion of anything looks like. And so I do encourage my clients to weigh and measure and those kind of things. Yeah, for sure. It can, it can make or break fat loss. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get your portion sizes right. And, you know, it takes practice and, you know, it's one of those things if, if I see a client is logging consistently and supposedly eating a certain number of calories over time and not seeing any progress. That's one of the things we would definitely talk about is like, let's talk about the accuracy here. Like, yeah, how complete is your log? Right. And are you weighing and measuring and, and those kind of things. Yeah. So. That actually happened to one of my clients. Um, she was being super diligent about tracking, but she didn't have a food scale. And so I was like, Hey, why don't you try, you know, try out the food scale, see how you like it. You don't need to get like super obsessed about it, but just see if what you're inputting is actually accurate. And she had been on a little bit of a plateau with weight, um, with fat loss. And she was, you know, kicking ass in the gym and stuff. And she started weighing her food and her weight started to drop again. And it was almost like, Oh my God, we found it you know like that little missing link like that was it the whole time it was just that little it seems little but it was actually pretty big in the scheme of things Mm, oh yeah yeah I totally agree because even for myself like I've been eating intuitively for so many years and then I started tracking again and I was like I thought I was the queen of protein and then I was like whoa the queen is not the queen of protein. I'm not getting what I thought I was getting. Were you more like the duchess? I was going to say, she's just the princess. No, I was more like the... The princess. A peasant. Yeah, I was a peasant. No, I think I was was princess level. I just wasn't queen level. That's so funny. So even if you have a princess now... <laughs> you got the blonde hair, like you fit the part. Yes, <laughs> the blonde hair. I can even do the wave. Hey. Yep. <laughs> so Besides, funny. my daughter's the queen in our house, anyways. So. <laughs> oh, oh, good. That's good to know. <laughs> she, she rules. That's too funny. All right, guys. So, most important macro. It for what? Um, calories <laughs> yeah. for, for fat loss. like for someone oh. trying to lose weight like what do you think they should be focusing on the most well I'd agree with Kim and say overall calories are definitely the most important but then most important macro protein yeah absolutely uh, if your proteins if your protein is way too low I guess uh, it's a good way to you might lose weight but it might not all be or it might not mainly be fat um, could be muscle yeah yeah and so that's kind of like your your protective band-aid on your muscle when you're in a fat loss phase that with with some good old lifting yeah yeah protein's definitely number one after calories so I always focus on my clients getting their calories in and getting their protein in um I never recommend for them to go over their calorie target to hit their protein target mm-hmm. but I do think and I suggest to my clients that they pre-log their food and when they do that, I like them to pre-log their protein first so they see how they're going to get it in throughout the day. Um, it really helps because people can get really freaked out about, like, how do I get that much in? 
because people aren't used to eating very much protein. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially yeah. And, and it helps. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Wilman. Well, yeah, it's true. That's really true. I mean, I don't, um, I don't want to call us out, but um, working with men and women, it always seems to be women who struggle eating more protein just because our bodies naturally, you know, crave carbohydrates more. So it's definitely always a struggle. Yeah. You know, I find that people can get past it really quickly, though, um, just being aware yeah. of how much protein that they're shooting for and trying to get some with every meal. Not that you have to be militant about that. It just helps to have some with every meal to get it all in. Um, you know, and it also, it helps people to stay full, which is super important yes. when you're eating in a calorie deficit. Fat loss is the goal. Protein can really help with that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think once you start eating more protein, you are fuller in your deficit and it makes that diet like so much more favorable that for some women, I find that once they start strength training and then eating more protein, literally that's all they needed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That was the magic pill. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I it mean, I think, sure. um, and also, I mean, like from a science perspective, protein also has the highest thermal effect, right? So yeah. your body Absolutely. requires more energy to break it down. So that's also another way that it's going to be in your favor to eat more protein because your body's doing more work to, to digest that. So that's like, bang 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 you know <laughs> yeah absolutely it's a triple threat there yeah so you want to everyone out there you want to focus on the protein <laughs> it's so should i we should probably talk about how much protein yes Who yeah what do you first? okay i can go, you go, you go, you go. <laughs> so i i usually say 0.72 to one gram per pound of lean body weight and most people have no idea what their lean body weight is. So if fat loss is their goal, we go based on their goal weight, like where they would like to end, like where they feel lean. And that's typically how I set it. Yeah. Yeah. I, for me, I like, depends on the client too. Like for someone, once I look at their food diaries before they start, if I see they're like on the, I mean, some people can be below 50 grams of protein a day. I start them a lower in the beginning so that they can get used to it more. Um, yeah. And I, I'm more of the like 0.8 to one pound per body weight is how I usually do it. But I'm sure we come up in a, a similar place most of the time. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I am too. Um, I would say that depending on how overweight the client is as well, because like someone that comes Mm, to me that weighs 285 pounds, if I tell them, oh, you have to eat one gram of protein per pound of body weight, like what the hell they're going to be like only eating chicken breast, (laughs) you know, or like eggs. So, um, I try to just be mindful of that, like realistic, like, okay. What's a good target number? So I'll usually, for them, like, we'll tend to go towards the lower end. Or if I had, like, a vegan or vegetarian client, um, the lower end and then, you know, work their way up or not. Like, you don't need to eat, like, a shit ton of protein, right? But, like, trying to get as high as you can is only going to be in your favor um, without it being Mm -hmm. uncomfortable, I guess. Yeah. But I think there's always, like, a – like, I I think it was – I don't know who, which one of you said it, but there's always like a learning curve with it. I think once you start to be more aware and mindful and it's like, okay, I, I can actually do this. And then clients are like, oh my gosh, I hit my protein goal today. And you're like, never did you think you'd be saying that, but that's awesome. You know, like <laughs> it's a good thing yeah, to be excited people, about. And, 
and people get into a routine, like what, what proteins they like and how much of it they need. And then I've had clients who just don't even have to track it anymore because they know if I eat this amount of protein, you know, they'll usually eat chicken or beef for dinner. And so they've gotten good. And this is where you can get away from the tracking is once you do know how to eyeball your meat, um, (laughs) don't know how much they need. Sorry, but that sounded hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I had to, I had to. (laughs) Sam, you kill me. I, know. <laughs> I have to be careful when I speak around you. <laughs> Let's be real. Everyone listening is thinking it too. <laughs> okay, I have to go to the bathroom and you're going to like make me wet my pants. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so, you know, they do get good at figuring it out um, so that you're not always having to stress about it. Yeah. And it doesn't take that long, but get it, the protein, the calories, it takes a little bit longer because people like to. I figure out how am I going to squeeze in a cupcake today or something, but hitting their protein target can happen, you know, fairly quickly um, as they learn what they like. And the one thing that I've started suggesting to people when they do struggle with like, how do I get, I can't get enough in, I can't get enough in is just increase the portion size of what you're already eating. Yeah. And there's always like this stunned silence of like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, yeah. Why didn't I think, <laughs> like, you don't need some new magic combination. You just need to like eat six ounces instead of four. Right. Or, you know, add an extra egg and those couple of little pieces can just up it right away. Yeah. Yep. That is definitely a strategy I use too. I, the, the other thing too, is like, if, um, if you find yourself, I like that that you have your clients pre-log their food, but, uh, usually like I, I often find that some clients have a hard time. Like at the end of the day, they're like, Oh my gosh, I have to eat like 60 grams of protein for dinner or like 80 grams of protein at dinner because I didn't eat a lot throughout the rest of the day. So usually when that happens, I'm like, okay, so I want you to focus on trying to get a good heaping amount of protein in the morning, like start you Mm -hmm. off that way because then you're already like on track in your protein goal. Um, And that's just going to make you feel better about getting, you know, being closer to where you need to be. Um, And it will also help you stay full. And like, that's, a good way to start the day is like with a good meal that actually makes you stay satiated. Yeah. No one wants to go into dinner with, I've got to hit 60 grams of protein. Like that sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's not that fun. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's like, I guess it would depend on how many calories you had left over. Cause you could have a nice massive steak and you know, but that could be right. That could be a lot of calories. Actually, that's a good, (laughs) maybe a, a good, uh, segue to, um, <laughs> like to either the next macro or also the fact that protein, like how many calories are in each gram of macro? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like not all macros totally are hit that. equal, you know? Um, so I yeah. guess I'll just say it. <laughs> um, yeah. So pr- obviously there's the three macronutrients, protein, fat, and carbs, and both protein and carbs have four calories per gram and fat has nine calories per gram. So hence why foods like peanut butter or cheese or avocado or olive oil are so caloric because they are, you know, very, they're packed with calories because they're mostly fat. Um, which is why when you look at a nutrition facts label and something is, and if you look at olive oil, for example, olive oil is just pure fat. That's yeah. why it's so high calorie because there's a lot more calories per gram of that ingredient. Yeah, and it's so easy to overpour that olive oil when you're cooking. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you're sneaking in all the like a couple hundred extra calories, and for some some people that can be their deficit for the day. And then you're like, well, why didn't I lose weight? And so that's one of those sneaky ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why with 
when whenever you're eating fat, measuring and weighing is super important, like more so than with almost any of the other macronutrients, like using a tablespoon to measure out your olive oil. Yeah, no. You know, using a food scale to, to measure your peanut butter. Um, yeah, I have to use know, the food and, scale and, for the peanut butter because yeah. my eyeballed portion is like two. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like I need to be honest with myself. I used to lie to myself and I was like. I need to get my stuff together. <laughs> it's super sad when you see what a tablespoon of peanut butter actually looks like. It's ridiculous. It's kind of not fair. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing with nuts, you know, not just going by handfuls. That can be a huge difference. I made a post about that ages ago showing like a handful of nuts mm. and it's two different handfuls and they didn't look that different, but it was hundreds of calories different. Yeah, you know, just adding a little bit more because you just don't, and and if you're not really thinking about it, it can add up quickly. Right, and I, I mean, if you do that one day, sure. But if you do that, if you have a nuts for a snack every day, that's five days a week. Yeah, that's you know an extra thousand calories a week that you don't even realize Absolutely. you're consuming, which sucks. But it's it's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, and a thousand that's calories, you can go out and get like a really like nice dessert, you know, mm-hmm. and actually enjoy yourself, not just like throwing a handful of nuts in your mouth whenever. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So how do you guys feel about the myth that um, protein is like bad for your liver? It's bad for your kidneys. You can't eat more than 30 grams in one sitting. Like I know I, for us just being in the industry, we know how stupid that is, but um, stuff like that is still like in fitness magazines. It's crazy. So how do you guys feel about that? Well, you're right. It's totally not true. Yeah. (laughs) If you if you have healthy, if you have a healthy body, there's no reason you can't, you can't be eating protein. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. yeah, do you guys ever get your clients asking you about like too much protein or have any of your clients ever, you know, drastically increased their protein and had any side effects from it or anything like that? I've had um, clients, um, drastically increase their protein and they did it not so much using as many whole foods like they went they're like oh I went from not using protein powder at all to using like one or two scoops a day and they just noticed like a you know like bloating or like being gassy yeah 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 yeah. I think that's normal for some people um just like depending on how their body reacts to it but it's like finding something that works for you like it's just more so the ingredient it's not necessarily the actual like protein itself Yeah. And also it's often, um, if that's happened, that did happen with a client of mine and what we realized is it was not the increase in protein. It was the decrease in fiber. You know, she was focusing so much on protein. She just wasn't eating as much of some of the other things. So it's about making a good balance that way. Mm. Um, so she could keep her protein up, but she needed to make sure she was getting fiber in otherwise. And then she was fine. Yeah. Perfect. So I I think that's like a really good message to the listeners too. If you're going to start tracking macros and increase your protein, don't go all in so crazy on protein and make sure you're still getting your fruits and vegetables. (laughs) Yeah. Remember health always comes before anything like, yeah, calories are important, but health is the, as at the top tier, right? Like, and then calories and then protein and then the rest. Yeah, because if you're not feeling if you're not feeling well on whatever diet you're on, it's not going to matter if you lose weight. You need to be able to you need to feel good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And bloating and gassiness and constipation, like anything that lasts for more than a couple days, is a huge signal of something's not right in your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and in that case, cutting out because a lot of people go right for protein powder. Yeah. Um, to get their protein intake up, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
if they find one that they like and they can afford and doesn't mess with their stomach. But, you know, you also can get your protein target without doing any kind of protein powder or protein bar. Mm -hmm. It's completely possible. Um, There's nothing wrong with using them and they're very portable and convenient, but you don't have to go that way. Yeah, Yeah. I find that protein powders for people are so tricky. Like you have to try a few before you find one that's like right for you. I don't know what it is. I mean, same thing for me, but I've had that experience with my clients too. They usually try a few and now I have a few good brands that I recommend. So it's easier, but they definitely have an issue. What brands do you recommend to your clients? So I know a lot of my clients ask for my recommendations um, just because they have no idea where to start because there's so many out there. Um, What do you recommend? So if cost is not an issue, then I recommend Modus Nutrition. It's plant-based, but it's more on the expensive side. Okay. cost is an issue, then I always recommend um, Muscle Milk Protein Mm -hmm. Powder because it's cheap. It tastes delicious, and it's super easy on your stomach. Um, my husband's a huge fan of the uh, standard gold whey protein, so that's another one to go. Yeah. That, you, that bothers my stomach, but he has a very sensitive stomach, and it doesn't bother his. So. Yeah, that, that one has – there's a natural version of that one, and that one doesn't bother my stomach. They have, yeah. like, one without um, – it's, like, without added chemicals. I don't know. And it's, it's like, stevia. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stevia, yeah. Or stevia, whatever it's called. Um, and that one's okay. Yeah, and then another one I haven't tried, but people told me they love that is unsweetened. So if some people really care about the added sugars and stuff, I believe mm-hmm. Rocco Despierto has an unsweetened one that's very popular as well. You can get on Amazon. I have not had it, but I do know a ton of people who love it. Oh, I haven't even heard of that one. I know. No, I, I haven't like, either. I like sweetened. Give me all the. all the sweetness me all the sweetness it's so funny (laughs) I never really recommend any specific ones because I just don't want people to overthink it and so basically I tell them they can go to their grocery store and pick one out or they can like try one their friend likes if they want to you know actually like literally try from their friend's package so they don't want to buy one right yeah Yeah. you know just try some out and mainly look for something you like the flavor of see how it makes you feel and if you can fit it into your, into your budget. Um, and I always tell them not to like read labels and look for any super secret ingredient. Cause it's nonsense that you yeah. just literally need the protein yeah. and you know, kind of go from there. But yeah. that, and that's a good point too, Kim, because there are those shakes out there that are ridiculously expensive in the monthly subscription and it's all cravings yeah. and this helped me lose weight. And it's like, no, their calorie deficit and their diet helped them lose weight. And then they had a protein shake. Like there's yeah. nothing magical about that protein shake, unless there's like actual unicorn blood in there. <laughs> there's, nothing magical about it. there's nothing magical. It's true. Yeah, it is true. And I, yeah. And I, I hate when people fall for that trap because it's like, well, that's not true. <laughs> well, look, it's hard to not fall for that trap because the marketing is so slick. So good. And so pervasive. Yeah. Oh it's so they get you. And, you know, and all your friends selling MLM stuff, I mean, it's really appealing. And it sounds like, wow, like, I'm going to lose this weight right away if I drink that. You know, it's it's hard not to be swayed like that. I think it takes a lot of hearing people saying, like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that before people are like, oh, I don't need to do that. Right. Yeah. Well, they hit on your pain points. You know, yeah. yeah. We all have those pain points of struggling with, like, weight loss and fitness. And when you have someone, like – 
hitting your pain point and bringing it up in your face. It's such an easy sell. Um, And I don't think people really think about the marketing behind it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, the marketers count on that. (laughs) They count on us not thinking about them. Exactly. All right, guys. So carbs and fats. Do you guys think that the ratio between carbs and fats matters with fat loss? Um, Research has shown that it doesn't matter if you keep calories and protein constant. That what matters is what fits into your lifestyle. So as long as your protein and your calories remain the same, you could do higher carb, you could do higher fat, you could switch back and forth. Yeah. I would say, like, generally, I think we as individuals, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, naturally – we'll find a balance between those two. Like, I don't think anyone will naturally just automatically not eat fat at all or, like, not eat carbs at all cause, because we're kind of smart. Um, and so I think it ends up just sorting itself out if you don't think so much about it. Um, so I'm with, mm. I'm with Kim. Like, I don't usually recommend an X amount of carbs or X amount of fats. And I'll just say, like, you know, here's your calorie range. Here's your protein range. And the rest of your calories can come from any preference of carbs and fats you wish. Because at the end of the day, like, who am I to say you can't eat this much avocado? You have to eat this much carb, you know? If people really like avocado, then let's have a little bit more avocado and a little bit less of whatever, rice or something. Um, But I think at the end of the day, it's like whatever you can adhere to sustainably. Like, if you trend higher fat, then eat higher fat. If you trend higher carb, eat higher carb. Maybe that will change, too, depending on the season or depending on the time that you're of your life. But I know for me, it has like, it's kind of oscillated back and forth, but I think it all balances out. Yeah, for me. So I do give carb and fat um, targets, but it's always with the caveat of don't work so hard to hit them. And let's see where the chips fall and what your sort of natural preference is. Because what I've found is that a lot of my clients do end up preferring higher carb lower fat but then there are the few that are higher fat lower carb um and i and i do sort of carb cycle for them for rest and training days so i'm a little different from you guys on that that point but i don't i think obviously for fat loss um calories and protein matter yeah 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 for sure for the um for carbs and fats do you guys um, have a preference for yourselves? Yeah, oh, I would pick carbs any day. Yeah, I'm I'm such a high carb, low fat person. Just Interesting. Despite yeah. my earlier cheese conversation, I would typically yeah, <laughs> I would typically choose carbs all the time. Well, that's why I was so shocked. I was eating so much cheese. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> clearly my body needed something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's too funny. I feel like I, my body has changed. I used to trend way high carb and I've gone through a recent phase of um, enjoying more fat. I don't know. I'm just going with it. Nice. Yeah. So what are your favorite, like what, so what foods are you eating right now that are like higher fat content than you were before? Besides peanut butter. (laughs) Peanut butter for sure. peanut butter? (laughs) (laughs) No, I have to control my peanut butter intake. I only allow myself to eat it once a day. Um, Peanut butter, yeah, in the mornings usually, um, but I'll eat more whole eggs and high, like a bigger portion of avocado or more salmon. I love salmon. Mm-hmm. 
Those are usually the three. I don't usually eat nuts because I don't ha- I don't really do snacks, so I don't really find like a need for that. But mm. definitely more whole eggs. Like I love whole. I love egg yolk. Like oh yeah, so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it too. And actually, I do eat whole eggs, but I mix it with egg whites so I can have more volume and still have a little bit of that yolk taste. Yes, me and too. Save save calories for my for my carbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I kind of like the best of both worlds there. Yeah. yeah, that's a good idea, adding the egg whites in and get that more protein without all the extra. Yeah. You know what I've been yeah. doing recently is doing two whole eggs, a half a cup of egg whites, and turning it into an omelet, but without stabbing the egg, like without doing a scramble. So you still get the egg yolk first, but you also get the volume of an omelet. It's like, Ooh, wait, so tell me this. So what do you mean? How do like, you do that? You yeah. put the pan, you spray a little whatever. And then you pour half a cup of egg whites in the pan and then crack two eggs in it and just let it kind of sit there until the bottom kind of cooks and then take the egg white side and flip it over and then you get an omelet, but it has the two unbroken yolks. Then you Okay, that sounds really fun, but it sounds tricky. Yeah. It sounds I'm gonna, trickier I'm going to have is. you make that for me the next time I will, we're together. I will. I so will. <laughs> it's like, it's. I eat it once a day, probably. Um, it's so good. Uh-huh. And then you can adjust the amount of egg, like whole eggs you want to use. I usually do one or two. Um, and more often I've been doing two. And so good. That sounds delicious. Yeah, that sounds cool. I might have to try that. Or maybe you could do like a video for. Ooh, you should totally put that on your story. All right, cooking, cooking with Sam. <laughs> or you could do your first live, and yes. it could be you cooking that. Okay, yeah. maybe I will. Maybe I will. <laughs> I will watch it. <laughs> what are so? I guess maybe we can go over fat sources or like. Um, yeah, for sure. I don't know. Talk about fat. <laughs> so you na- you named a, a couple of good ones there. We've got nuts and avocado and nut butters and olive oil. Those are, yeah, salmon. Those cheese, are cheese. Yeah, cheese. cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, those are kind of the go-to's that I would use. You could, of course, do other um, dairy with, um, if you wanted to use higher fat. I use typically use lower fat, but you could do that. Yeah, like a full-fat yogurt or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some people prefer doing that if they want to go higher fat. Yeah, I don't also mind. Um, I can't eat dairy, but. Um, I do sometimes crave cream cheese and sometimes I'll put a smear of that on a bagel or a toast or who knows. Like uh, I have these like not rice cakes, but they're like um, like a thicker, they're like a thinner rice cake. It's like a rice cake and a cracker had a baby and it popped out like <laughs> like a thing. I don't know. I don't know what it's even called. Rice cake cracker. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's like really crunchy, but not as thick as a rice cake. Um and so I'll put like cream cheese or avocado on those. And those are really good. That sounds delicious. Mm. You know, one thing I think that trips people up is when they're talking about more processed foods, everybody mm-hmm. thinks that everything they eat is a carb and that they're like, they just love carbs so much. And it's interesting that a lot of the things that people think are carbs are carbs and fats. Yes. You know, like, like mm-hmm. a donut is not just a carb. Right. Yeah. You know, and so many foods are like that, um, that you would typically think like, oh, that's a carb. And really, they're carbs and fats. Yeah. Yes. And that's why they're so, like, that's why people love them so much. Because they're, like, they're yes. hyper palatable. Like, they're, that, they're that combo. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what gets me, that. anyways. Yeah, for sure. And also, <laughs> I mean, you get... oh, sorry, I was going to say, and also this thing, like, carbs that also have protein in them that people forget, like, brown rice. There's, like, five grams of protein in one serving. Mm-hmm. But and oatmeal. Are, like, yeah. 
Yeah, oatmeal, yeah. Like English muffin. Like, there's some good sneaky proteins in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that all really helps to, um, you know, up people's daily protein target, Absolutely. you know, without without just having to do meat all the time. Yeah. So speaking of, like, sneaky macros, have you guys ever, like, just read a nutrition label wrong and, like, got your serving size wrong and then realized later and were like, oh, snap. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Well, it sounds like you have. Tell us. I have. So, like... I guess, like, how long ago was it? Like, a couple years ago when I discovered the Lenny and Larry's protein cookies? Oh, my gosh. I know. I've had this experience. Oh, my God. I didn't know. Two servings at first. And then I realized I'd been eating a bunch of 500 calories. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Me, too. No. (laughs) Oh, Nicole, I think that's a really good point just about reading labels in general because I think that happens all the time. Things yeah. that look clearly like a single-serve food, like this cookie you're talking about, yeah. whoever would eat a cookie and think it's two servings, yeah. right? It's a yeah. cookie. It's a thing. And it's the same with, you know, like um, you know, a small pint of ice cream. It's like four servings. Right. Like yes. who's going to grab a pint of ice cream and grab three friends and be like, let's share? Yeah, yeah no. it's ridiculous, that's right? That's a single-serve. Right? Think- <laughs> yeah, no, single no serve, one goes it- into that pint and says, I'm going to have one-fourth. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Right. And so people need to be really aware of that, you know, um, movie theater, popcorn, not popcorn, <gasps> movie theater snacks. Yeah. Those are not single serve. You would think if you buy a box of M&Ms at the movie theater, that's a serving. It's like two and a half. Yeah. So if you think you're getting, I don't know what it is. It's like 250 calories. You're getting like 500. Right. Yeah, you're getting a lot more than you think. And so paying attention to how many servings is on a prepackaged food is so important to getting your calories right. Yeah. It's yeah. eye opening. It's, it's so easy to mess. Yeah, it is. And I think like we were talking about too, like going back to the fat thing, I think fat is like, is usually the culprit for making something way more caloric than you think. Um, Mm. Because you're like, oh, like it's not that bad. And then you walk and you're like, oh my gosh, that was like 800 calories. And why, you know, like even some of the meals that you get, like I've never done one of the meal prep, like Blue Apron or Beef, uh, HelloFresh or whatever. But mm-hmm. I've had I've seen some of the like nutrition labels and for the amount of food you get, the calories are so high. And so I was high. looking at the nutrition facts and it's usually because they use really high fatty um, like portions of meat. Like it's like a 60-40 turkey or beef or wow. um, like pork, like really fatty pork. And so each of those meals is like 40 something grams of fat. Yes. Which, wow, for me, that's like, you know, two thirds or three quarters of my daily fat intake. And yeah, just in that say, meal. That's, a, that's almost all mine. <laughs> right? Like, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, um, it is a lot. But sometimes it's like, in, especially in meat, like in a protein source, if you're not buying leaner cuts of meat, like a lean ground beef or a lean ground turkey or whatever, um, it's like, oh, you can't really see the fat, so you don't really think it's there, but it's 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 hiding. Yeah, it's, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> it is definitely there. Um, what else? So wait, we haven't talked about carbs yet, right? We talked about fats. Yeah. Carbs. We talked about fat. Carbs the best. Eat them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're <laughs> following on our last don't episode. A- <laughs> don't be scared. Yeah. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid of them. Yeah, I feel like it can't be said too much because people are so afraid of them. Yes. Oh, so scared. Mm-hmm. Drives me crazy. I mean, I personally, like, I. do you guys ever work out fasted? I used to. 
Okay. Because I feel like I, a lot of people I know still work out fasted. And I keep trying to explain that it's not really that much more beneficial. Like, if you like carbs, like, have some carbs before your workout. Like, how do you guys feel about that? Well, yeah, I think what you just said is, is the truth. If you feel okay while you're doing it, you can do that. And I, you know, some people work out so early in the morning and don't feel good if they eat that early and then work yeah. out. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of what they need to do. Yeah. But um, for other people, I personally do not like to train fasted. I lift a lot of heavy weight and I just, I struggle to do it if I, ha- if I haven't eaten. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so I prefer, I prefer to eat you know, an hour and a half or so before. Mm -hmm. But that's one of those personal preference things. Like if you're not concerned about pushing super heavy weight and you feel good, you can totally exercise fasted. You don't have to have food in you. I think getting some carbs and protein before and after is a great idea, but you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I definitely like, if I know I'm in a, cause I usually work out at lunch, I have a different breakfast on my workout days that are more carb heavy because I don't eat lunch then until after my workout. Um, versus the next day, if it's a rest day, I have like a lighter breakfast because I know I don't need that extra energy to, you know, have a really good workout. So you can also mm. sort of change your meals around based on whether it's a training day or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I guess at the end of the day, like if anyone's for everyone listening, I guess carbs are like carbs are our main energy source. So think of it like you're putting gas in your tank, I guess. Um, that's how I feel anyways. When I have carbs in me, I'm like, I'm ready to go. You know, like it's like you're supercharged. Um, even if it's placebo, like it doesn't, you know, it's whatever. Like we all have body fat. So we have a we storage. Have yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's still nice to know, like, okay, I just had a little oatmeal or I just had some toast or whatever. Like, I'm ready to go. Like, let's do this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think if you like carbs that eat them and you can still eat in a deficit and lose fat, if you don't like carbs, then don't eat them. But, you know, a specific diet, like, just because it works for one person doesn't mean that it has to work for you. Mm-hmm. But who are these people who don't like carbs? I think they all like carbs. I think there's very few people out there. Yeah, it's true. There might be some closet carb lovers out there, not willing to admit it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's so hilarious. what do you guys recommend to clients? So what happens when you guys have like a client and they were making good progress and then they, um, they sort of hit a plateau? What do you guys usually do for them as far as their, their macros go? Um, well, it depends. I think like we talked about earlier, I'll kind of like ask them about their consistency of tracking, not just during the week, but also on the weekends. And like, are they tracking literally everything, even liquid calories, even condiments? Because sometimes like salad dressing or like creamer in your coffee or sugar in your coffee or like little things that sometimes you just forget about because it's not like you're purposely doing it. You just kind of forget, um, you know, just making sure like the accuracy is there. And that's usually like the first thing I'll do for them is just kind of like have them fine tune and really, really take a look and be honest about their logs. Yeah, I totally agree. Because look, if somebody's not losing weight, it's not going to be because of the ratio of carbs to fats, right? It's going to be, it's going to be their total calories. And often people have no idea that they're eating more calories than they think they are. You know, and they're very confused and it's really frustrating, especially because 
it takes so much mental energy to lose weight. And when we feel like we've put in so much mental energy, it feels often like, why is this not working? Why is it not working? And it's actually really relieving to people when you can help them see like, hey, look, this is why it's not working. And, you know, one of my clients will talk about like, okay, I haven't seen progress in three weeks. And then we look at the numbers and I'm like, well, look, you hit your targets less than half the time. Yeah. And they are like, what? And then they look at it they're like, oh my gosh, I really did. Like, I thought I was doing better because they think about it all day long, right? And so they feel like they're doing it, they're in it. But then when they can actually see it laid out in front of them, like, oh, I didn't hit my calorie target half of the days. If I do that, I will lose weight. It's really reassuring. It makes it feel a whole lot less mysterious because it's not mysterious. It's just figuring out where are they eating too many calories? How is that happening? Yeah, yeah, so they're, they're exactly. in that diet mindset without actually being on the diet. And there's nothing more yeah. frustrating than that when you feel like you're putting in effort and nothing's changing. Yeah. Yeah. I like to give my clients, too, sometimes just a little break. Like, okay, let's take a few days and not track. Um, and most of the time they don't, like, go over there afterwards. They're like, I didn't go overboard or anything. Like, I kind of just, like, ate normal. But just that break of not tracking just helps them mentally recharge. Yeah. Yeah. That can totally work. Yeah. And then sometimes your macros just need to be adjusted down. Like you might've lost 20 pounds. And so your maintenance is going to be completely different, you know, six months ago than it was, than it is now. And so sometimes they just have to be adjusted down, unfortunately. For sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, as we lose weight, we're smaller. We, we need less calories for sure. It's one of the saddest things actually. (laughs) It's like no, I don't want to. I don't want to eat less. What the hell? (laughs) Well, unless well, unless you build a crap ton of muscle and then you get to eat more, Mm -hmm. because yeah, you got to feed those muscles. You know, and it's a big plug for gaining muscle, right? So people who are losing weight with um, diet only and not training, you know, it's a here's a plug for for some strength training. Build a little bit of muscle, you can eat a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Has your um individual like has your maintenance calories have you guys noticed that they've gone up over time like over time me yeah oh for Both sure of you, over yeah. the course of yeah uh, over the course of years yeah for sure do you know what they were and what they are now I'm just like curious to know the um job. I don't know what they were because I was not tracking accurately as most people don't yeah <laughs> so um but I for sure like so I've spent I just started going into a deficit two weeks ago, not quite two weeks ago. Okay. Um, so for the past year and a quarter, I have mostly been at maintenance and I've been able to eat a lot of calories. That's awesome. Like it's it's been a lot of food. Yeah. Um, which makes being in a deficit kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you probably built up your metabolism a lot. So metabolic ad- adaptation means you get to eat more in your deficit. Yeah. So this is true. Hell yeah to that. This is true. <laughs> Yeah, I would this say mine true. like now is probably just because of the the workouts I do too can be like very burn a lot of calories. I'm probably between like two thousand and twenty two hundred for maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, in my twenties, when I used to diet, I used to track every calorie in Excel and my workout calories. And my deficit, I would always aim for twelve hundred, and I think my maintenance was around sixteen hundred. Whoa. Yeah. So when I tell you I used to I used to track and calculate fat loss based on my workouts and my food and then I would compare it to the scale and I have this over months of times and it was like accurate within like like it was crazy within like 0.4 pounds or something. 
So I literally could predict what the scale was going to do by tracking it and doing it all myself in Excel. So I do know my maintenance at that time was 1600. Wow. Yeah. But I'm a crazy like numbers person. So <laughs> a little bit of a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the accountant part of you? That's the, account- the numbers. Yeah. That's the numbers part of me. And so now, yeah, to go from 1600 to 2000, 2200, depending like if I work out, like, that's a pretty big number. That's huge. Yeah. That yeah. is really, really huge. I'm happy with it. And I used to be skinny fat. So now I'm now, now I'm you're not jacked. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys gotten <laughs> your body fat tested or like your um, resting metabolic rate tested before? I have not. No, never. Have you, Sam? I did. I did it maybe three years ago. Um, and so I'm curious. I'm actually like kind of want to do it again now and see what it is. Um, but it it was pretty cool to see. I mean, they just put like a, um, they put like a mask on your face and you breathe into this like air tube and you do it for like 15 minutes. You just sit down and then it records, um, the amount of oxygen and all this stuff. And it shoots out, um, a estimation number. And so it tells you your resting metabolic rate, which for you guys listening, it's pretty much like how many calories your body burns at rest without doing anything. Like if you're just sitting down on a chair all day or lying in a bed all day. And so I think that number for me was like 1560 or something, 1540. I don't know. So I could eat that amount of calories if I just sat in bed all day, which I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty good. That is Um, pretty good. Yeah. They said it, I guess the average is more closer to like 13 or 14 for women my size okay um and I mean I guess it's just because if you're lifting you're building muscle so you're naturally just Mm -hmm. able to burn more calories at rest but I'm kind of curious now to see what that is because it's yeah yeah, it's been three years or something like that well let me know if you go I will go with you yeah it's not expensive it's like a hundred dollars to get your RMR tested Oh, that's not um, that bad. No. And to get like a DEXA scan, that's what I really wanted. But at the time I was like poor college Brooks student. Uh, I think that was closer <laughs> to like 275 or 300. Yeah, that's a little – I don't even really care about my body fat percentage that much. <laughs> yeah, it's like a cool number to know, but it's not worth $300 for me personally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 300 is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of interested, but I've never done it. Maybe I'll do it someday. Yeah. Um, so are you guys all tracking your calories now? Are you intuitively eating? What are you doing? I'm not tracking shit. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like I said, I just started tracking consistently. I tracked off and on the past year. Yeah. I would track a little bit here and there just to kind of see. Um, but I was mostly just focused on maintaining my weight. And when you do that for long enough and you've calorie counted for a long time, you just get used to what your portions are mm. and can... And I think that's where the intuitive eating piece comes in. You know, people talk about intuitive eating. It's hard to do that when you always overeat. So if you've been overweight for a long time, your intuition is leading you to overeat. Sure. That's yes. what you were used to. Yeah. And so once you have eaten to maintain a lower body weight and you understand what that's like, it's easier to eat intuitively to main that, maintain that body weight. So now I'm back to tracking since I'm just, you know, I'm doing this little fat loss phase. Cool. And then I will go back to not tracking. So cool how about you sam um i am also in a fat loss phase just as of getting back from my trip so like it's been three days four days um i 
told myself I was going to track calories, but I've actually found that I really don't want to. I've like been resisting it. Like I start out tracking and then by the end of the day, I'm like, no, I actually really don't want to track. Um, but like you said, I think I've been doing it long enough that I kind of intuitively know like how much is too much. Uh, so mm-hmm. I've really just been trying to pay attention to like hunger and just being mindful, mindful of portions and um, I'm going to see how that goes. Cause I don't know. I think tracking is useful if when you're starting out, but for me, it actually now just gives me like, it just stresses me out and gives me anxiety for no reason. And I'm like, I don't, mm. I don't want to be thinking about food more than I need to. So mm-hmm. not tracking allows me to like free up my headspace a little bit more. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And I think that really works when you have had the experience of tracking so that, you know, portion sizes and you can still reach your physique goals. I know some people are like, well, you know, they'll come to me like, well, I don't really want to track, but they have no idea the calories that's in food. Yeah. Right. And so you, and you don't have to count calories, but you have to have some kind of a system. And there are other systems you can use. Sam, did you mention this earlier about the PN system, like using your hands to measure um, food portions? That's a good one. Or using plates. Yeah. But there has to be some system to it. Right. um, Or you're just going to maintain the same results you've been getting. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I will say, I think one thing too, maybe to wrap it up is uh, like accountability, right? Like it's so, if you have a goal, um, whether it be fat loss or gaining muscle or even maintaining sometimes, like having someone to hold you accountable. I know I need that like so much. Um, And so it's easy to say like, oh, I want to lose fat or I want to whatever, track my calories. But unless, unless you're working with someone and they're watching you track your calories or you have to put a number into a spreadsheet or you have to input that data somewhere to show that you're actually doing it, it's easy to Mm kind of like, I don't know, for me, I don't know if you guys struggle with that, but it's easy to like just blow it off. Like, oh, it's close enough. You know, like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow or, oh, (laughs) Um, I 100% agree. Um, since I'm in a fat loss phase, I message my coach every day with my numbers. This is how many calories I ate. This is how many grams of protein I ate yeah. every day. Um, and so that's and that's what my clients do with me. They message me every day yeah. with those two numbers. And you know, it's for their own awareness, like you said, accountability. Like it's easy for it to just go unseen for a few days, to, unless. But if you're typing that in, you're like, oh, this is what I ate. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. I also think it will help um, for anyone out there that's interested in tracking or like maybe you're kind of scared to do it because you're going to be honest with yourself. I think that's really what it comes down to is like you're just being more honest with yourself because yeah, yeah, like maybe you didn't remember that you had that bite of rice or that bite of cake or that, you know, bite of your kid's pasta or whatever it is. But Mac it, and cheese. It, yeah, yeah. Like in the moment, it doesn't seem like much, but if you know you have to send your numbers to someone like and you remember that you ate that, you're going to maybe be not so inclined to reach for that bite or whatever, you know, like, or at least track it and yeah, then not eat as much throughout the rest of the day if you, you know, did do that. Yeah. And, and I, it's those little things that add up. And yeah. I would say too, like, you absolutely don't have to track and you can do the PN portion sizes and all of that stuff. But if your goal is fat loss and you want to do it as quick as possible, I don't know any other method that is as efficient as tracking. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. true. It's definitely the most accurate, although it can come with some uh, like almost obsessive qualities to it. But if you can, yeah. 
yeah, if you can like get beyond that, then I think it's it's an awesome tool. It's an, it's kind of amazing that humans figured that out actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and people should definitely be aware that, you know, maybe if you do have a history with disordered eating, you know that that tracking is probably not the best fit for you. Yeah. Oh, I completely completely agree. Yeah. All right. All right, cool. Anything else, ladies? Uh, what's your favorite we already asked my favorite macro um okay one one more question if there was a food that didn't have that didn't have calories if you had to pick one food that didn't have calories what would it be oh my gosh lucky charm (laughs) seriously yeah how could i pick anything else (laughs) So, so kim my daughter loves lucky charms she eats the marshmallows out of the bowl like no, she's a smart girl. She just eats the marshmallows, <laughs> and then I eat the other. I'll grab a handful of the other part. She <laughs> likes the chocolate ones now, and I'm those are tasty. But I would say, yeah, like cereal. I love cereal, and I might have a bowl once a year because I just know, like, it does nothing for me. It's not going to hold me over, but I do love. Cereal. Makes you happy, Nicole. Yeah. Oh, cinnamon toast yeah. crunch. I mean, yes. that's my cinnamon toast crunch is my favorite cereal. <laughs> okay, I have to tell you. Mine too. I have mine to too. Tell you, it's so weird. I've never tasted cinnamon toast crunch. Like, and I, yes, you did. I bought you. it. No, I didn't eat it, Sam. Because, and I do it purpose. You, I do it purposefully. You want to know why I do it? Because you're scared to like it. Because it's one cereal I let my kids buy and bring home. Because I don't eat it. And so oh. if I decide I like it, I'm going to be like, not buying that, guys, because I won't. I, I don't buy Lucky Charms and keep it in the house because I'll just keep eating it. So they can have yeah. as much Cinnamon Toast Crunch in the house <laughs> as well, we have some here right now, and I don't taste it because I'm just in my mind. I'm like, I don't like that. So, oh, okay. so I, tell well, people I, don't like it. I tell people I don't like it, but I don't eat it. I feel like we need to make you eat it, though. Like, now it's going to bother <laughs> that was- I know. You got you to gotta get over that fear food. Then you yeah. ruin my children's lives. <laughs> yeah, you, this, is your, this is your new fear PR. You need to eat cinnamon toast crunch. I feel like I'm okay without it. <laughs> it's just gonna it's just gonna irk me now that you haven't tried it. And that you to. It's really just gonna bother me. I'm gonna wake up. But it's one of the night. big gifts to this world. <laughs> yeah. I am gonna try the chocolate lucky charms. I have not gotten around to that yet. I think I that might be, be a game changer. It's so good. I can imagine. I haven't tried it. I haven't tried it yet either. I can imagine. Well, this conversation right. makes me super ha- super happy. I could talk Sam, about cereal all day. Food, what was Sam's food? Oh yeah, Sam. What was your food? Oh mine, uh, definitely granola. Oh yeah, you said that. Oh yeah. I fucking love granola. Like oh, every flavor. <laughs> I don't even care. It could be like shit flavored. I would still <laughs> like it. I bet. I bet you wouldn't like that. <laughs> uh, all right, I lied. But no, I, I. I don't know. It's something about. Well, it's the, it's the hyper palatable. It's like the salty, sweet, fat. Oh, 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 it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, girls. All right, ladies. Until talking. next time. Well, this is this has been fun. <laughs> As always. All right. Catch you later. And uh, I'm gonna go pour myself a bowl of lucky charms. Uh, <laughs> do you have some? <laughs> uh, no, oh, but okay. I'm, maybe I'll go buy some. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go make some shrimp with brown rice. So oh, <laughs> not as fun. I'm look at you. Well, I'm hashtag health. Hashtag health. I'm gonna clean my closet. Okay. <laughs> Bye, 
that wraps it up for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. I sure hope you enjoyed it and that you found value in it. If you did, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review wherever you're listening. It does help to get this podcast um, in front of more people. Of course, I'd love it if you subscribed so you can always be aware when another episode comes available. Thanks so much for being here and I'll see you next time on the Decades of Strength podcast.